Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads Community Church, our vision is to awaken the city of Pittsburgh and surrounding areas by creating cool places to experience God in local neighborhoods throughout Pittsburgh and beyond. Now here is this week's message. Okay, uh, for those of you who don't know, we are closing out a series we've been doing all summer long called Supernatural, where we have been discussing and exploring the supernatural aspects of God, the spiritual aspects that most people either ignore or they are afraid of or they just outright reject. Uh, And we started talking about the Trinity, uh, the fact that God exists as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, more of one God, one what, who exists as three who's, Uh, is the best way that uh, we can summarize that. Uh, And then we moved into talking about angels and that the fact that there are good angels, there are bad angels, there are some downright ugly ones, uh, but whatever the matter is that God tells us not to worship created beings, and angels are indeed created beings. Uh, And then we kind of moved into talking about the Holy Spirit And the fact that God puts his Holy Spirit in us as a seal, the promised seal, the Bible tells us, uh, of his love for us and that we are indeed his. And we move from the Holy Spirit into talking about prayer. And prayer is the way that we connect with God via his Holy Spirit. And uh, this week, uh, we started talking about prayer and the Holy Spirit. Then we talked about the power of prayer. We talked about prayer walks and prayer. praying in small groups or corporately as a large body, uh, as we as a congregation do. And this week, we're going to close it out talking about prayer, uh, but on a more intimate level. So rather than let you guys hear from me, I'm going to let Tony Ox, she's going to come up and she's going to share. I thank you for not applauding that I'm not speaking, but we're going to have Tony come up, give her a hand of applause and welcome her. Thank you. I'd just like to start with with a moment of prayer just for God to be here with us in this place, to let his presence fall on each and every one of us, that his supernatural power would be here, that his miraculous power would be in each one of us, big today, hugely this morning, that every word that is spoken is from the mouth of God, that he would fill my lips with his words. And that we would leave here today changed and have an intimate relationship with God knowing that he is so much more real and so huge in our lives that we just have to look for him, connect with him, and expect him. And he's there. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. I adore you. I worship you. I bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty, powerful, awesome name, amen. So I'm here today to talk about precious and powerful prayer. We can't see God. We can't touch God. We can't usually physically hear God, but you can talk to God. So what is prayer? Is it reciting memorized words? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, guard me safe all through the night and wake me with morning light. Or is it Dear God, help me out of this jam again. Oh, please, please help me out of this one last time, and I promise to live for you forever. I'll change. 
Or is it, oh, Lord, bless our world and everyone in it. Bless all the men, all the women, all the children. Jesus gave us the Our Father as a prayer, as a guideline. Prayer is dialogue with God. It's a two-way conversation between you and him. It is you connecting with God Almighty. And guess what? He hears you. I guarantee he hears you. Prayer is the greatest untapped resource of power. To be prayerless is to be powerless. It's possibly the greatest unused energy in our universe. It's the only power in the world that surpasses the so-called laws of nature. And I have a supernatural story about that. Um, my daughter, Kristen, had a problem about a year ago with her tooth. And every time she'd bite into something, she'd cringe because she was in pain. She'd drink something cold, and it would hurt so bad. She'd sit there and, like, you know, her tooth would be frozen. She'd drink her hot tea. She'd be in pain. So I said, you know what, we've got to get you a dentist appointment and get this taken care of. So we made an appointment, went to the dentist, and he said, oh, this is bad. You need a root canal. And we're like, oh, no, we can't have a root canal. That's, that's huge. It's like $1,500. And um, so we made an appointment somewhere else, thought, oh, we got to have a better opinion than that. <laughs> Nobody wants a root canal. So we went to a second dentist, and he said the same thing. He said, you need a root canal. This tooth is dying. Uh, you need to be on antibiotics. And um, you need to see an endotonist. So, you know, we left the office. We had the prescription. Well, I said to him first, I said, she can't go on antibiotics. She's been on a strict antifungal diet for like two months now. It'll blow everything she's done, all this hard work, all this time, abstaining from all these certain foods. And he said, the only way I won't put her on antibiotics is if she gets a root canal done today. And I will personally call the endotonist and get her in today so she can have this done because this is urgent, this is infected, this is a mess. So we left the dentist's office with our prescription, and we had an appointment for 1 o'clock that day. So we go to the endotonist. We're sitting there, and I'm still praying the whole time, Lord, how are you going to work this out? You know, um, I just wanted him to do something mighty. I said, just somehow work this out. I don't want her to get a root canal. I don't want to have to pay for a root canal. So anyway, we get in the office, and we're sitting there in the reception area. They took her back right away. The lady next to me, she comes in, and she sits down, and she starts talking about her teeth to me. She's there, oh, I had all this work done. I had a bridge put in six months ago. Then I, that cost me thousands of dollars. Then they put something else in. They broke my bridge. I had to get it redone at my expense. She's going on and on and on about all these thousands of dollars, like $10,000 in the last six months they put in her mouth and then the receptionist is sitting like 10 feet in front of me and she's on the phone with a patient and she's saying oh you owe $800 you put down seven you owe this and she's talking all these figures but in my spirit somehow I could hear Kristen all the way down the hall in a room talking with the endotonist and I'm hearing him say to her but honey I don't know. There's nothing wrong with this tooth. It doesn't need anything. It's not infected. I have my x-ray machine here is by far stronger than any dentist machine. There's nothing wrong with your tooth. <laughs> she came out of there, and she's going like this to me, and I'm going, praise God. We left there. Her tooth was perfect, and it's been perfect ever since, and that was over a year ago. So, yeah. That was a creative miracle. Let me get my glasses back on. 
So after the disciples prayed, they were filled with the Holy Spirit because they were all in one accord. You know, where two or more are gathered together, Jesus said, I am there in the midst. Imagine where there's a dozen or more people all praying together in unison. Their hearts are all focused on God. He's going to be there in the midst that much stronger. Um, whenever Peter was asked how all these people were healed, I mean, they were walking in supernatural power. People were being healed. Blind eyes were being opened. Crippled were walking. Miracles were happening left and right. He answered them and he said, know this, you and all the people of Israel. They asked him, by what power or name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called into account today for an act of kindness showed to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw and conferred. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Can you imagine? The power of the name of Jesus is so strong and mighty and powerful that all these miracles were happening, and the rulers were freaked out by it. And they're like, you're not allowed to say that name anymore. There can't be any healings. You can't be doing this. They just didn't know how to handle it. So they arrested them, and they threw them in jail. But guess what? Prayer opens prison doors. <laughs> in Acts 12, Peter was released. An angel came. The chains fell off Peter's wrist, and the angel walked him right out of prison. That's some power. Um, a third time, God opened up prison doors. So I think God's trying to tell us that he can open up prison doors. Third time, Paul and Silas, they were stripped, they were beaten for casting out a demon, and their feet were shackled, and uh, God came, and with a mighty thunderous earthquake, he shook the entire prison, all the gates opened up, all the prisoners were able to walk free, and the jailer was so freaked out, he was ready to kill himself because he thought he was going to get in so much trouble for setting the whole entire jail free. He said to them, how must I get saved? And he got saved right then. They led him to the Lord. I think that story is hysterical. So Jesus said in Luke 18 that men ought always to pray and not faint, to pray without ceasing. You know, through prayer, you learn truth unavailable elsewhere. While you're just having your daily life, you can just constantly be in communion with God. While I'm driving, I'm always praying. I mean, yes, I get parking spots. Yes, I get sales and deals. I'm always in communion with God. You know, he protects you from car accidents. 
Um, he'll drop ideas in your head. You'll suddenly have answers because you're in communion with him all the time. And you're waiting to hear from him. You're expecting him. He shows up because there's an ongoing communication. Prayer's like a compass. You discover where you are and which way you need to go. It centers you. It grounds you. You know, people aren't th- that aren't connected by prayer, they get more and more self-absorbed because sin is selfishness, and that's the opposite of what God is. God is all about others and sharing and caring and giving. Um, prayer is a force that starts with your mouth and sets into motion waves of energy that are carried into the atmosphere and accomplish what you ask. Prayer accomplishes God's will. His will is in his word. Pray his word over your life and your family, and you are accomplishing his will. Jesus was our role model for prayer. He always prayed to the Father about everything, including God's will for his life. He said, not my will, but thine. Prayer covers things. If it's prayed about, it's covered. It is settled. It's like a shield of protection, a barrier that is set up in the spiritual world by your words. You know, I have a garden this year, and we put tomatoes and broccoli and eggplant and basil and, you know, all these wonderful things, made compost and put all this rich soil in. But we have deer all over our yard. So I walked around my garden, you know, I took footsteps all the way around it, and I put a bloodline. I said, Jesus, I pray the deer, the groundhogs, the rabbits, and every other critter, the bunnies, don't come and chew up my plastic fence and eat my tomatoes. And you know what? I don't have any problems with any deer. All my stuff is completely protected, and I don't have any chemicals on it. I don't have anything else going on. Stink bugs, I say, no pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling. (laughs) People ask me all for the last two years, everyone's like, you got stink bugs, you got stink bugs. I'm like, no pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling. And if I, I've seen like two maybe in the last couple years, but I just pick them up and say that same scripture again, throw them away, and I don't have a- any stink bugs in my house. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, prayer also is an advocate because Jesus is your advocate. He told me that when I was in prayer for this. I'm like, advocate, what do you mean prayer is an advocate? said, look it up. Advocate is a person who supports or speaks in favor. Is Jesus not our advocate? He goes to the Father. Person who pleads for another or defends. A professional pleader in a court of justice to recommend or support by argument. So what brings the power of God? What makes God show up? What draws God near to you? Um, I have another story. And I did tell this the last time I was here, but it bears saying it again, and not everybody was here. I was in a prayer meeting, and the prayer meeting, it was wonderful, wonderful prayer meeting. It was winding down, coming to an end, and the people that wanted ministry, they stayed. There was about six or seven people that stayed, and everybody else left. And um, the pe- there were other people walking around praying for individuals that wanted prayer. So I, I wanted prayer that night, so I was sitting there. And um, I was just taking, you know, being patient. I was worshiping God, just had my hands lifted up, and I just kept thanking God for who he was, for all his mir- I was very grateful. Thank you for everything you've given me and just worshiping God. 
seemed like for a half an hour I was sitting there and there nobody was ever coming to me. And there was only, like I said, a few people there. So I just waited and I kept praising God and worshiping him. And while I was worshiping him, my hair fell down in my face. So I lifted my hands up like this, two hands, and I brushed my hair out of my face. And I felt like God said, these are my hands. And I thought, wow, I really felt like God just said, these are his hands. You know, and I thought that was pretty neat. I just continued worshiping God another 10 minutes. Then finally, the woman comes over to minister to me. And she says, Tony, she said, I have to tell you, there was a little old man in the back of the building and he had to leave, but he wanted me to make sure that I told you and to not forget that I had to tell you that when you were sitting there worshiping with your eyes closed, he saw Jesus in front of you and he was kneeling down in front of you and he reached up and he pushed your hair back. So that really blessed me. But that, I wanted to say that story because it lets you know how God is with you all the time. We don't see him. We're not sure, but he's there. We breathe him. He's inside of us. And um, it just helps to know that that let me know that night that he was there. I pressed in and I just worshiped in spite of. I could have got up and left and missed that blessing. James says, draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh unto you. Jesus called God Father, which is an intimate relationship. So how do we connect with God, our Father? We talk, we pray, we ask. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Proverbs 8.17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. Everything in the Bible is truth. There's nothing vague. There's nothing that he says that he isn't going to do. If he said it, you can guarantee your life on it. God, um, let's see. God also said that his name is I am, not I was. I am. That's current. He is as alive today as the day he rose out of the grave. There are over 365 names of God in the Bible, and each one has a different meaning. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I have another story on provision. Um, we were at the wave pool one day, Kristen, Brian, and myself, and she was going to Wildwood, New Jersey the next day for a campus life um, vacation. And so she wanted to leave. It was like 4 or 5 o'clock, and she said, can I go home and pack my stuff, and then I'll come back and pick up you and Brian. I said, sure, fine, go ahead. So I'm at the wave pool. Brian's in the waves. I'm laying there. And um, the phone, my cell phone rings, and it's Kristen. She called, and she's all shook up, and she says, I was just in a car accident. And, you know, I, we had a Saturn, and when if you hit front end in a Saturn, she was going down Wilson, and there's a ballpark on the left there, and somebody decided to just stop and go in the park, and so she was right behind them, and she hit, she hit the back of them with the front end. Saturns have the drop pin mechanism where the whole entire front hood goes down so the engine doesn't come through the windshield. And the radiator's smoking, everything's a mess, it's all steaming, the car was undrivable. So she calls me, tells me what happened, and um, of course, first I said, are you all right? She said, yeah, but the car's a mess. I said, well, just call the police, they'll drive you home, and then um, I'll figure out a way to get me and Brian home later. Harold will pick us up after work. So I hung up the phone, and I'm at the wave pool with probably 1,000 people all around me. The minute I hit off... Both my hands went up in the air, and I just start praising God in the middle of that 
um, wave pool with people everywhere. I didn't care. I was walking back and forth. Thank you, Jesus, that my daughter was protected. Thank you that she was all right. Thank you that you are my provider because Harold was unemployed. His company had suddenly folded. We were living on a dime, you know, barely able to just get her enough to go to campus life. So we were pretty strapped. And I said, thank you that your hand is writing that check, that um, $500 deductible. Thank you that you are our provider. Thank you that, you know, you protected her. Thank you that you'll get us a new car, that all our needs are met. So <clears throat> it was a little bit after that. Uh, we had a, a prayer meeting at our church. It was a worship thing. And I had invited a friend to go to our church. She had never been there. So she came that night for the first time, and I was up in the balcony worshiping, and she was down there with the other people. And I guess she was there like half an hour or so, and she left early, and I felt bad. I'm thinking, oh, maybe she didn't like it, or, you know, I wasn't sure why she would leave. So afterwards, after it was over, I went downstairs, and I went over to where she had been sitting, and there was a check sitting there made out to Tony Oaks for $500. <laughs> I almost slid under the pew because... She had no way of knowing anything, and I called her up to thank her, and she's like, don't thank me, thank God. She goes, he told me to write this check. I don't know what it's for. <laughs> and this woman doesn't even have money to buy cat food. Like, she does not have money, but she was obedient. And as soon as I saw that check, I re God reminded me, Waypole, thank you that your hand is writing this check. He provided. He provides. These are miraculous, supernatural things that just don't normally happen. So I was so grateful. And, you know, you're always shocked. You know, miracles happen. You should expect them, but we're still shocked. I'm still shocked, even though they happen all the time. I have so many stories of miracles that happen. Uh, one of his other names is Jehovah Rafi, my healer. Exodus 15 says, I am the Lord who heals you. Psalm 103, I am the one who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Isaiah 53 says, For he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. So by his wounds we are healed. Twice it says that. It says it also in Second Peter. Um, I know there's a lot of people that need healing, and there's a lot of scriptures on healing. And I needed a healing a couple months ago. My right shoulder was killing me. I don't know what I did to it, um, but it was causing me a lot of pain. And I was getting more worried because everything I do is my right arm. I do hair. I do teasing. I do shampoo. And I do clean. Everything is my right arm. I have to have my right arm. And my shoulder was getting more and more pain where I was like holding it closer to my body and kind of babying it when I didn't have to use it. So after Sunday service... Our church always has a healing team. You can go up and you can get prayer for healing. So throughout this service, I was in more pain than ever, and it was actually moving. It was to the top. It was going down. It was a side. It was moving all around. And Harold leaned over, and he said, do you need an Advil? And I never take a pill. And I said, yes, please give me one. So after service, I went up for prayer, and there's like a panel of 12 people there, and I just you just pick whoever you want to go to. And I just happened to go to a physical therapist. He goes, oh, I'll tell you exactly what you did, because I told him I was doing push-ups against the doorway. <laughs> he goes, you overextended it. But it, whatever the reason, I was in a lot of pain. So he read me those three scriptures that I just read to you. Exodus, no, here they are. If anybody wants to write them down. Exodus 15, Psalm 103, 
and Isaiah 53. He read me each one of those, and after each one, he said, do you believe that? And I said, yes. Psalm 103, do you believe that? Yes. Isaiah 53, do you believe that? Yes. He asked me, do you believe that? And I said, yes. He said, I'm going to pray now for you, and the power of God is going to come down from heaven, and bam, you're going to be healed. Do you believe that? I said, yes, let's go. He put his hand on me. He said the quickest little short prayer, commanded the pain to be gone in the name of Jesus, and guess what? That pain flew out of my shoulder, and I'm standing there talking like I never had pain in my life, didn't even realize I had absolutely no pain whatsoever. That was probably three, four months ago, and I've never had a tinge of pain since. And he said to me, now the enemy will try and bring that pain back. And if he does, you quote Nahum 1.9, which says, this shall not come back on me a second time. And two different times, a little tinge of pain did try to come. If I was in a grocery store, no matter where I was, I said, this shall not come back on me a second time. In God's word, it says, and it just immediately left. And I've been perfect ever since. So if you believe it, believing is the key. Uh, Jesus said in John 14, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus replied, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have known me, you will know my Father too. And from now on, you do know him because you have seen me. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be content. Jesus replied, have I been with you for so long, and you have not known me, Philip? The person who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father residing in me performs his miraculous deeds. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not believe me, believe because of the miraculous deeds themselves. I tell you the solemn truth. The person who believes in me will perform the miraculous deeds that I am doing and will perform greater deeds than these. Because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And that's the truth. That's not a lie. I looked up the word believe. It says a firm opinion, an acceptance of a fact or statement, to trust in, to have confidence in, to accept as truth, to have faith in. Smith Wigglesworth, who walked in many signs and miracles, made this statement. There is something about believing God that will cause him to pass over a million people to get to you. Belief is a force that is sets that particular truth into motion. So if you believe, you shall receive. You know, and it's not logical, it's not practical, it's not tangible. You have to shift your mind into a supernatural state, to a spiritual. It's not natural, it's spiritual. So you have to see it and believe it before it even exists. It's hard to do, but it's a, it's a spiritual shifting of the mind. As much as you are willing to receive is as much as you will receive. Do you believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? If you do, then you can. Exodus 14, 14 says, The Lord will fight for you. 
you need only to be still. Has anyone ever been in the ocean when the power of the waves are crashing and throwing you all over the place? That you're standing this way and they come up behind you and just slap you over? Or you're tossed to and fro? The waves are powerful and strong. That's one wave. Imagine the entire ocean. Well, by the blast of his nostrils, the entire ocean split and piled up like walls on the side. Those surging waters stood still. That's power. Or how about when Elijah called down fire from heaven on waterlogged wood? I'd call that some power. Or Daniel in the lion's den, hungry, starved lions set free to come and rip him to shreds, eat up his body, lick up his blood, and chew up his bones. Guess what the lions licked? His wounds. <laughs> I mean, imagine. God tamed those lions, and they licked Daniel's wounds. Impossible, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they turned up that fire to the full extent, the hottest flames, that the men around there died that were trying to put them in the fire, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Little David and giant Goliath, same thing, the power of God. He used God's words. He spoke them and said, this will happen, and it happened. King Hezekiah laid on his deathbed, and he prayed to God to extend his life. And God said, I've heard your prayers. I've seen your tears. I will give you 15 more years. And he did. Or how about feeding 5,000 with a couple of loaves and fish? enough only to feed one small boy. It just kept multiplying and multiplying. Or Lazarus, is that big enough? Dead for days, stinking. Jesus comes, full of peace, knowing that God's going to move. Said three words, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man came back to life. Just trying to give you a little bit of the power of God here. Jesus knew that he was a son and that his father heard him. He believed that his father would do what he said, what he asked. He walked in relationship because he prayed daily. He stayed in constant communication with him. Jesus knew how to pray. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed so deep and so heavy and intense that his sweat became as blood because he knew what he was facing. If we were facing having our flesh ripped open with cattails and being beaten and abused and spit on and hung on a cross, I think we'd ask God three times also if there can be any other way. But yet, not my will, but thine, because he knew the plan and the bigger picture. So when we're praying, we should pray expecting. That's putting your faith to use. If you aren't expecting results when you pray, then there's no need to pray. John 15 said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. Shall is one of the most assertive words in the English language. So when it says shall, it means shall. So three points on prayer is pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Believe and you will receive. Forgive when you pray. You can't get your prayers answered with unforgiveness in your heart. 
Did you ever hear anybody say, all we can do now is pray? Prayer is not the last resort. Prayer is the winning blow. And yeah, there are a lot of dynamics about prayer, such as confession or forgiveness, thanksgiving, worship, meditation, petition, intercession, persistence. They're all good. They're all part of prayer. But I wanted to just keep it simple to sit today and say that prayer works. Believe it and receive it. But some prayer points are prayer is the bringing together, the uniting the word of God and his covenant with his people to a point of action. That was my definition. And then I asked God, what's your definition? I said, what, how do you break it all down into what you say that prayer is? Just the culmination of it all, the bottom line. What do you say prayer is, God? And here's what I heard. Prayer is your faith in God's hands. Nothing leaves heaven until something leaves earth. Nothing happens in the kingdom until something is spoken. Just like the worlds came into existence by God's spoken word, words have power. Everything that exists, God spoke into existence. We have God inside of us speaking through us. Our words create our world. When you pray, don't pray the problem, pray the solution. If you're praying the problem, you're reinforcing what you already have and don't want. Lord, you know that I'm tired, my eyes hurt, and this, you know, you go on and on. You got to pray different than that. You want to pray the solution for what you do want. When Jesus prayed, he spoke directly to the demon, or he spoke out exactly the answer, like Lazarus, come forth. Don't pray like this. Oh, Lord, please heal my eyes. Please, 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 if it be your will. It is his will, and you should believe, not beg. So his will is in his word. I would, I would pray, my eyes are getting sharper every day. You know, God put in the Bible, took the time to put that when Moses died, his eyes were strong. His body was strong, and his eyes were still 100%. He didn't put that in there for no reason, so that we can claim that same thing, because he's no respecter of person. I looked up how old Moses was when he died, First, I Googled it. Every Google highlight had a different amount of years, 900 years, 500 years. So if you want to know something about the Bible, go to the Bible. I looked it up in Deuteronomy 34. Anybody know how many years Moses was when he died? 120. It's in Deuteronomy. How do you know what to say when you pray? You say what God says. So if you're looking for healing, you say what his word says about healing. His word won't return void, but will accomplish what it was set out to do. If you want to move God's hand, use his word. You know, the apostles' disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, Lord. And he gave a guideline. This isn't that we recite it every day. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, da 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 It's that you know first you acknowledge your relationship with him. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You adore him. Thy kingdom come, you anticipate. Thy will be done, his will, on earth as it is in heaven. You're trying to bring heaven to earth. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray daily. 
We feed our spirit daily. We stay in connection with him daily. Forgive us our debts. You repent always so you stay clean and pure and holy so that he can hear your prayers as we forgive others. Lead us not into temptation. You're praying for strength to not be tempted. There's always temptations every day. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. There are hindrances to prayer. God won't hear your prayer if you have unresolved forgiveness, unforgiveness. You have to forgive before your prayers will be answered. And there are a few scriptures here. I didn't look them all up, but I wrote them down. If you're angry at your spouse, your husband or wife, your prayers won't be answered. That's in 1 Peter 3, 7. If you have sin in your life, which we all do, but there are certain sins that will hinder God from you know, he deals with each of us individually. That's in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Idolatry. If you have an idol, then Jesus isn't your only God. That's Ezekiel 14, 3. Unforgiveness is in Mark eleven twenty five, And not considering the poor. Who would have thought that if you don't consider the poor, God won't answer your prayers? That's in Proverbs 21, 13. And when is it too late to pray? There are two places where men pray from, earth and hell. Remember the story of Lazarus was praying from hell, begging for just a drop of water and asking someone to send someone to get his bro- you know, tell them the gospel because it was too late for him. So don't wait until it's too late to pray. Pray today from earth. Um, prayer also brings peace, peace that passes understanding. Sometimes you can be in an emotional trauma. You can be filled with anxiety to the point where you're shaken. And you just connect with God and ask him for his peace. And sometimes it'll come down like honey and just pour over you and settle all your nerves, all your emotions, and bring you that supernatural peace. So I'm going to finish just walking us through an intimate prayer that um, God gave me one morning. I was sitting on my deck, and I just said, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? This was for this particular body. And, um, and I felt his presence so strong, and I had a pen, a blank tablet and a pen, and I just said, Lord, write. And um, you can just, just close your eyes and visualize what he's saying. Father above, we come to you now. We humble ourselves before you. We want to enter into your presence. We want to sit at your feet, Lord. We want to know you, Father, like we have not yet known you. Help us, Lord, to come before you and bask in your presence. Father, we ask now that you would allow us just a glimpse of what heaven is like. Allow us to sense the purity and the beauty of your love all around us and throughout us. Lord, we want to reach up and touch you. Lord, we want to feel your face with our hands. We want to touch your lips, your skin. Father, carry us. Hold us in your arms and let our heart beat next to yours. Lord, connect with our spirits 
so that we become one with you, that we would love what you love, feel what you feel, and breathe what you breathe. Envelop us in your precious peace and help us to carry that peace to those around us. Lord, take us deeper, deeper into your chambers, into the holy of holies, where the depth of your presence is, where we will be changed into your likeness and transformed into your love. We want to be carriers of your presence, holy as you are holy, strengthened as you give us strength, and permeated with your true likeness. Lord, in your presence there is no fear, no lack, no pain. Father, I ask that you would take our face in your hands and allow your eyes to pierce through ours and burn away all that is not of you. Burn away the lies and the hurts, the things that we have allowed to come between us. Lord, purify us and wash us clean. Renew our spirits as one with yours. Be one with us, Lord. Father, our hearts are growing deeper and richer by your love. Fill us up beyond our capacity so that your river of life can overflow to all those around us. Father, I ask now that you would press your lips to our foreheads and seal us with a kiss. Do not leave here like you came. You came to church to be filled. If you have a need or a want to lay down something at the altar, then do it. Bring it to God. Don't leave here without touching God today. Maybe you need to get right with God. Maybe you want to pray for someone else. Maybe you need a healing or just a touch from God. This is the time, this is the place to pour out your heart. God is waiting on you. Come to the altar and meet him, talk with him, let him touch you, lay down your life, give him your heart fully and completely. I thank you, God, for your presence. I thank you for your light. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your people here, Lord, that love you with all their heart and expect you, Lord, to come and meet them. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to take just a few minutes. And I'm going to ask you to just keep your heads bowed for a minute. And just let God speak to your heart right now. Because maybe there's an issue that you've been reluctant to bring to him because either you didn't think God was able or you didn't know that God had that kind of power or maybe you didn't know that he cared about you that much. And whatever that issue is, whether it be a, a, a something physical, like with Kristen's tooth or... Maybe it's something financial and you're, you're in a situation where you're like, wow, I've, I didn't know that God cared about me enough to provide financial resources to help me in this situation. Or maybe you just need to hear from God just to increase your faith. And I guess as, as, as Tony said, 
I mean, we have a God who gives us his spirit, and he, we, we are the church, and we have the most powerful force in existence in the universe in us, God's Holy Spirit. But as she said, we need to believe. God doesn't want a church that sits back and, and is static or non-moving or dead. He wants a church that is alive and believes that he is able. So whatever that issue is, no holds barred. Just use this time to just lift it up to God and believe that he will do what his word says that he will do. And if you're here today and maybe there's, there's nothing on your heart, nothing on your mind, nothing that that you're wondering or, or, or you're in a place uh, be rejoicing for that where you're not needing anything from God, then just speak to him and praise his name. Praise him that you are where you are, that you're not in a place where you need healing or you need financial resources or you need anything. Just praise him because you're only there because that's where he has allowed you to go. Right now, I'm pretty sure that for every time that Tony said believe, that there was another voice of the enemy speaking to your head saying, no, don't. That God can't do that or he won't do that. But in your spirit, the spirit that God put in you, there is his voice saying that I can I pray that that's the voice that we are hearing right now. God, we are so blessed and so grateful for just the things that we don't even see, that you move out of the way, that you keep us from running into, the walls that you break down before we even knew they existed, the roadblocks that you clear out of our path. And as Tony said, God, I'm sure that we all would be able to share some, some stories of little things that you've done in our life. But I pray that we would be the kind of church that rejoices in the big spiritual things where you manifest yourself through supernatural means, means that we can't explain. We can't explain it away as someone showed up or someone else did this, but we know it is the spiritual hand of God interacting in our lives. Those are the stories that we want to share. God, we pray that you would bless us as a congregation. We pray that we would be a people that prays, that knows that there is a God who loves us and does things that our minds cannot grasp or we cannot imagine. And we pray that we're a congregation that allows you to use us to share and to show the love of Christ to others. God, we celebrate you this morning. We praise you this morning. We rejoice in you and in everything that you do in our lives. We pray that you would begin to remove those blinders that stop us from believing and stop us from seeing and stop us from connecting with you at a higher level. God, we pray that you would be exalted and that in everything we do, that we would lift up and exalt your great name. 
and all God's people said, amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. I pray that you would have an awesome, awesome Sunday. I know a lot of you guys are going to be traveling next week, so I pray that you would be safe, uh, that you would have a good and safe and blessed Labor Day weekend. Um, And I'm going to ask... a little bit of pressure on Tony. I'm going to ask her to kind of stay around in the back uh, so that if you would like to pray with her or you would like to talk to her, is that okay? That she would make herself available and that um, because there are some things that, hey, I know that people don't feel comfortable praying with me about. Uh, so I'm going to ask that Tony would make herself available um, somewhere off to the side. And, and just um, also, if you're not going up to pray, just go up and thank her and give her a hand for sharing with us. All right, I'm going to ask that you guys have a um, just safe and awesome weekend. Thank you guys for sharing your Sunday morning with us. God bless.